and welcome to My Turn Podcast, a gaming podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings. My name's Jem and I'm joined by my sibling Erin. Hi Jem, hi everyone. Nice to see, well not see you again, nice to be speaking to you again in this uh, <laughs> new year which will hopefully be a bit of a, a better one than the last couple, hey? Let's be positive. <laughs> I mean, we can be positive or we can just stop hoping and then we won't be disappointed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I, well, I guess, yeah, if you're pessimistic, you're either right or pleasantly surprised. I can't remember I mean, what that's sure. from, but uh, it's a very good little I, thing. Oh, is that an actual quote? Yeah, I can't, I'm I'm pretty sure it's a comedian's quote. I, I feel like it might be Ricky Gervais or someone like that. But I was hey, like, we, oh my we'll God, We'll take yes. your words for it. Uh, this is a gaming podcast, as I mentioned, and uh, we will be bringing you some recommendations, reviews, laughs, and arguments as we chat through our scantily researched, uh, unprofessional, <laughs> but very, very fun reviews of games we have been playing. Um, as this is our first one back after the new year, um, I thought I'd just start by saying what, what you've been up to for the last two weeks. There are many, any things you'd recommend to people to do yeah actually month of january definitely so over christmas i got covid that was great um yeah don't don't recommend that oh no i, I highly recommend it i actually got a week to stay inside and play games so you know like it wasn't all bad because my symptoms were basically a runny nose so yeah. if you're lucky like me you can enjoy covid if you're not then i'm so sorry I still uh, somehow managed to avoid catching it. Have you? Well, it's yep. like the biggest game of it in the world, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Who's, oh, like, I am infected now. So, like, you, you're one of the few survivors. Do you get a <laughs> yeah. medal, like, after about five years if you've not got it? You get a letter from the I don't know, but I felt like over Christmas, because our other brother had it as well. Yeah. And basically everyone got it over Christmas. And yeah. I did get a little bit of a sense of like FOMO oh. because I didn't have it. And hardly well, anyone you wanted it. didn't have No, but like, well, I sharing felt is like caring, I was Jen. in, we could... I felt like not having it was kind of worse because I was free to do stuff, but also there was no one to do stuff with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it affected a lot of people this Christmas, didn't it really? Yeah. It was a bit of a... A shame, but you know, at least we're not locked down, and I feel like hopefully we're over that big peak that's come, and yeah, we should be able to enjoy, yeah, the new year. I, I mean, feel famous positive. last words, whatever. Um, and then for those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, we don't ever do our games of the year roundup at the end of the year. We tend to do it for the Lunar New Year. And that is because um, partly Lunar New Year just makes more sense, I think, because it's when the world starts getting sunny again in the Northern mm. Hemisphere. <laughs> so it just seems like a better time of year to like set goals and try and do stuff again. But also, I think January is the best month to catch up with all the games that came out the previous year, isn't it? Yeah. Like you said, like, no one's going out. No one's got any money. Yeah, so exactly. Weekends can just... be spent playing games. Yeah, and also, if you've got any games for Christmas, January is the best month to, like, get through them all. Yes. No, <laughs> good point. Good point, actually. Yeah. So I've been playing loads. Have you? I've been yeah. playing extra as well. Yeah, so... Um... Obviously, you spoke about Far Cry last time. I've, I've now got Far Cry. Finally yeah. got my present from my brother. Obviously, we didn't see each other because of dreaded COVID. But oh my God, I'm having a great time flying helicopters around and blowing stuff up. I mean, that's yeah, what life is about, isn't it? <laughs> yes, 100%. And it's nice with Far Cry as well to pretend you're in a sunny climate. Um, occasionally visit some hotels. Like, sure, <laughs> you might blow them up, but it's quite nice to be there for a little bit before you blow them up. A unique holiday experience, <laughs> isn't it? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we digress. We have two games uh, that we're going to be reviewing for you today. They are both video games because uh, we are now mostly at home again. <laughs> Not really meeting <laughs> up as much in person. Um, so what game are you going to be talking about today, Erin? Um, well, I've had a bit of a return to one of my favourite series of uh, strategy games. So Total War Three Kingdoms. Total War Three Kingdoms. Yeah. And I am going to be talking about the slightly more current Halo Infinite. Oh, 
Very Who wants exciting. to go first? Who went first last time? I can't remember. I don't know. It's I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind going first. All right. Okay. So tell me about this uh, Total War game. Oh. What is it? When did it come out? Which one is it of the umpteen million Total War games you've played? Oh my god, it's probably about the 10th one that I've played, I think, <laughs> roughly around that number. I haven't actually sat down and worked out. Um, this one was actually released in May 23rd, uh, 2019, so it's relatively recent. Um, and it's 2019? A bit of a... Who 2019? remembers 2019? Who remembers a life before endless <laughs> pandemic scares? <laughs> it was when life was still good. <laughs> oh, god damn. God damn. Okay, sorry. Sorry. That's all right. No worries. Um, So following on from um, what's been like their first kind of delve into the more uh, fantasy genre of um, what's it called? Strategy games. This is the first one that I've played since then that is uh, like a bit more of a historic game. But um, when I come into like talking uh, into uh, talking about it in a bit more detail, there is a bit of the fantasy element still there, mm-hmm. which I really, really like. But basically, it's set in the uh, Three Kingdoms period of China, so it's okay. a very it's a bit like um, rather than being a bit more of a global game, it's actually a bit more regional in one specific area, and it's about mm-hmm. factions in China actually battling with each other. Um, and more specifically, there's, um, the period of time, there was something called the Yellow Turban Rebellion. So, so the way I understand it, and this is where you said, you know, your scantily researched things. I watched the oversimplified history video and took nothing in (laughs) other than, um, basically, uh, the kind of people, the nobles and, uh, like lords of the land, um, were being like too harsh on on peasantry with their taxation and it caused a bit of a revolt well i say a bit of a a revolt a massive revolt and that's what the yellow turban rebellion was so a lot of this game is actually battling to keep these rebellions uh at bay oh so you're playing the oppressors you can play (laughs) you can you can play either one but yes I, i am currently an oppressor definitely so according to YouTube, yeah, a, a bit more scanty research here, um, the Yellow Turban Rebellion, also translated as the Yellow Scarves Rebellion, was a peasant re- revolt in China against the Eastern Han Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uprising broke out in 184 AD mm. during the reign of Emperor Ling. There so do you play like Emperor Ling's army? No, I'm like, oh, what, what's my guy called? I think his name's like Cao Cao. Forgive me for the pronunciation, but um, yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'll try my best not to butcher any Chinese names, but I think that's how you say it. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's that sounds like a really interesting setting, and the fact that it is rooted in history. Yeah, does does sort of add another layer, I think, to that kind of game. Yeah. So I mean, they they've kind of done what I think it, they they can do with the kind of Rome Total War, which was set in, well, what would that be? Is that ancient time? It's not medieval, but that kind of period. Yeah. So that was kind of like a bit more of a global thing. And then they've done, <clears throat> excuse me, the medi- medieval period as well. Um, which was also This is where global... we need Tim to like contextualize all the history. Tim, <laughs> yes. our resident historian who isn't here today. We do we definitely do. But they they've they've essentially done a load of different periods. Um and for a lot of them they've actually had to go back and revisit them. So you've got Rome to Total War uh yeah, Rome Total War Two, and then you've got Medieval Total War Two. Um so I feel like now, because they you can't just keep rinse and repeating games. They've yeah. gone for a bit more of specialised, uh, like, more local kind of places, like uh, national places. Like, um, yeah. there's there's the Britannia one, which is set, like, obviously in Britain um, with the Saxons and Vikings fighting each other. There's the Three Kingdoms one now set in um, China. And they've also got Troy, which I'd like to try Ooh. at some point. So I feel like they're, they're focusing on the narrower um, yeah. Yeah, region of the world, which kind of gives it a bit of um yeah like they can stylize it a bit more and like that's what i one of the things that i really like about this game how they've styled it so let's 
because you've played so <clears throat> many of these games um yeah. and total fat total war fans like you will know there are a lot of similarities between them and how they work but what was your expectation then going into one that was a bit more sort of streamlined into a specific point in history in a specific place um I well I I'd actually seen videos of it to be honest before so I kind of had an idea of what it was going to be like I thought it was going to be a bit of a return to like the classic Total War style without like uh ridiculous dragons and spells and stuff like that which is, yeah. is obviously my expectation was met in that sense however like I said earlier there is still this element of fantasy and there's two ways of playing the game there's one called uh, I think it's just called uh, realism, something mm-hmm. like that. But basically realistic, um, you know, there's no like generals that can kill like a hundred people. And then you've got right. what's called, oh my God, what the hell is it called? Romance, <laughs> that's it. Because there's a What's book... it called? Sorry, I laughed. Right, it's all right. I was laughing at you trying no, to No, the, re- the reason is because um, there's a book about the Free Kingdoms period called no, The Romance. No, what was it called? I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm explaining that. There's oh, a... sorry a book called The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And that's the st- the gameplay style is called Romance. And it's where like, I mean, general units play out as they would normally, but you've got like these generals that are just like major, major kick-ass guys. Who, who, and ladies, and ladies. I'm very sorry. Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you send them into a unit and they'll kill like 250 people. Um, and like oh, you have them like if you wanted to you can duel them together and it's in that kind of very overdone martial artsy style you see them fight each other and it's really you oh, can wow, just sit okay. there like <laughs> zoom in and watch them and be like wow it's it's really really cool it's such a unique um, unique element to the game actually that I think is it's really really cool so what um, does it just expand to a cutscene or something no 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 you you or can carry on the same style but you just see them take out like, yes yeah, essentially the battle is still going on around them but what happens yeah. when the generals actually fight each other no other units can engage unless you force them to they basically right. would be like standing around spectating and i think I'm pretty sure this is something that I've seen when I've been doing it. The the units will actually jeer each, each general <laughs> on. And it's just like, you honestly, you'll be That's having so a battle funny. and then you're like, oh, there's a duel happening. Let's accept that. And you're kind of like, well, let's just zoom in on this. Oh, yay. <laughs> and then you see a massive battle will take part. It goes Amazing. on a bit long, but uh, it's it's just such a unique and really cool thing. And it's just like... Yeah, the style, style, stylized, uh, the way this game is stylized, I think is just so, so cool. And they've done a bloody good job of it. Oh, sounds very positive. Mm. So what are your sort of main things that you're really enjoying about the game apart from that? Is there anything else? Yeah, loads. This game, honestly, the battles are gorgeous. And which is a weird thing to say. But no, like, no, I get that. Again, the way it's stylized, the they they've obviously taken some sort of inspiration from that time period and the way things were presented and the art uh-huh. of that time, and like just integrated it into their battles. Um, the units are beautiful, the landscapes are beautiful. It I think it runs really well. Like um, it feels a lot less. What's the word? It feels a lot more organic and real than maybe Total War, um, what's it called? The Warhammer games did, which are still like, I think, incredible. Yeah, you really enjoyed those, didn't you? Yeah, but there's, it feels so much more real. Like the units are so much uh, better detailed. Yeah, it's it, it feels like a So classic... you mean, when you say more real, you mean in style rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. subject matter, because obviously... No, no, yeah, no, no. As Warhammer's in, as in not written, at... not based in history. <laughs> <laughs> no, as in like looking at the individual units, like they they look so much more yeah, detailed yeah, yeah. and so much more alive. What year um, did that come out though? Was that like 2018? Oh, I'd have I to actually remember. have a look. Let me just quickly check. Warhammer... I, I think, think I'm going to challenge late. you, Erim. For me, Too for far. our listeners, yeah. I want you to like do a chronology of all the all the Warhammer not Warhammer, sorry, all the total war games that you've played and rank them for a oh. special a special, a special mini episode. Okay, okay, okay. For that, all the total good. war nerds out there. <laughs> um Warhammer two is actually in uh, two thousand and seventeen. But the thing to remember is it's kind of an, an expansion upon 
the first Warhammer. The first Warhammer. Yeah, yeah so I right. think the graphics aren't different, but they've just expanded the game hugely. And there's a third one going to be coming out in the future. So I don't think there's going to be a major update in terms of graphics, but it's just the content of that game. And that's yeah. one of the great things about that game. It just grows and grows and grows. Yeah. And it just seems I like... I mean, every... that's an interesting comparison to pull up, though, between mm. them, because they weren't, they weren't released that far apart. So... But this sounds like it's really upped its game on visual style mm. and general design. And does yeah. that also translate to the motion of combat and how armies come out and how how like it visually sort of comes together in the big battles? Um, yeah, to a degree. But I think part of that is actually just to do with the gameplay because you've got less diverse units in there. Mm -hmm. Um it is a bit more traditional feeling in the way you construct your armies. You won't just have like 10 right. giants running around. It is a bit yeah. more like formation. Damn it, why can't we yeah. get giants? <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit more formation based. And I think as much as I love um, the the Warhammer games, I, I do miss that kind of more realistic scene. Like, you know, 3,000 men on one side and 5,000 on the other lining up against each other. And yeah, just that ridiculously huge scale. A bit like when when you see, do you remember seeing Lord of the Rings and you there was the Helm's Deep battle and you were like, how oh, yeah. are so many orcs here? It's like that yeah. feeling. You're like, oh, it's, more, yeah, it's something, and more and yeah, exactly. more. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, yeah. oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. That's that's one of the appeals of the Total War games to me. The, just the epic scale of it. And this is a return to epic scales where you do have thousands of people on each side. You don't necessarily have that in Warhammer. Um, yeah. So yeah, like it does, it definitely does affect the way the armies present themselves and move out, like you said. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And what other positives are there? You said you had loads. Yeah, well, what what have I spoken about? Obviously the stylism, the realism, the jewels the are, looks, are really cool. About. Yeah, the fact you've got different varieties of, of gameplay as well. The fan, the um, sorry, the romance uh, option is a really really cool one because I like having a general that is just like a major badass, um, <laughs> as opposed to old Total War games where you just have a general unit which was just pretty damn powerful. But I like sending like a guy into a unit just to like hold them off while my other forces deal with other things, and then I can come. Yeah, there's this. It's, yeah, the tactics of the game I really, really enjoy. It feels... I'm just imagining, like, you send a guy out with a big stop sign like a lollipop lady. <laughs> <laughs> stop! <laughs> well, more like pass. a massive spear or sword or axe or something <laughs> like that, and you send him into a unit, and, yeah, he'll quite happily just hold them off. It's, yeah, it's it is, it is ridiculous. Like, it is so OTT, but also... That's yeah. why we play these games sometimes. And then, can I ask you a quick question as somebody who doesn't play these games mm. but has watched you play these games? Um, what about the sort of story when it's rooted, especially in history? Mm. Do you get a sense of what is happening in the history without having to go and watch a crappy video about it? Um, I mean, I think that's down to you and how much you want to read i guess because there'll be um like if you're in the campaign mode of it um there'll be like uh different bits of dialogue that pop up explaining right. what's happening at certain times um but again like it's not it's not like a history lesson it's kind of you're making your own history in that mm -hmm. period mm -hmm. um obviously yeah, that's the setting yeah like but you know it's a bit like the old medieval games England didn't take over the whole of Europe, but that's what you do. <laughs> right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think there is you can you can learn a bit of history about that time there, but um yeah, I play it because I want to kill things in that style. I'm yeah, not such me. a like well, I mean that's the point of the game. You're not there to make friends with everyone. It is called Total War, not Total I Friends. I know, Total Friends. Oh, can you imagine Total Friends? That sounds like a game I would like. That basically sounds like Animal Crossing to me. Um. 
Maybe maybe like uh, someone can do a mod of it or something. You have to make everyone. Oh my like god, each Animal other. Crossing Total War. <laughs> Kick Tom Nook off that his own island. That would be amazing. <laughs> to be honest, they've modded it for loads of different things. For they've done yeah. Things. I mean, they've done the Lord of the Rings one. They've done a Game of Thrones one. I'm sure, like, if the right people got together, they could do that. Any Total War mods out there? Um... Uh, fancy like developers or home <laughs> developers or whatever whatever you call yourselves when you fiddle with stuff go and make one for me uh animal crossing total <laughs> i'd love it that'd be amazing all right all right so uh what about any downsides negatives or disappointments uh, with this game not not anything major so the campaign i feel like there's a lot to take in as there is with a lot of the modern total war games it will take you a bit of time to get your head around mm -hmm. um there's this weird like mechanic in the game where generals don't like each other they like they have these little ticks and crosses next to wherever they get on so you have to like put generals in certain armies otherwise they, they can have like a bit of infighting i've not had an issue with it so uh, okay. far but it's, it's a bit annoying like uh, I don't want in crowd the... fighting. Yeah, exactly. I don't want like Lou, Lou Boo and my general Dave having a fight with each other. Like, I, I, I want to kill enemies, not like have to manage their little bloody petty squabbles. Um... Uh, I'm already <clears throat> imagining General Dave. General Dave. <laughs> I kind of feel like he'd come out eating a sandwich and drinking a tea with four sugars in it. See, I need to test this because you can <laughs> rename your units, but I'm not sure whether you can rename your uh, generals. But I can just imagine like uh, a general, general in, yeah, General Dave in the Three Kingdoms uh, period of China. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Um, yeah. So other than other than that, let's have a think. The campaign sometimes feels like. If you're not careful with the alliances you make and uh -huh. you can end up just being surrounded by allies and then you have to go really far afield to kind of look for the next bit of action. I've made that mistake in one of my campaigns now. So like I've got this really nice area that is just surrounded by all my friends, uh, like literally like a donut around me. Mm -hmm. So I'm having to go really, really far out of the way. It's like taking about five or six turns to go find my next opponent basically. Um, oh, that's kind of annoying. Yeah, it is a bit annoying. So I wish there was a bit of a, a way that you could stop that. It's almost, is it a bit too easy to make alliances? There is like this thing that they've done in the diplomacy where you just basically, um, you can do quick deals. So before you'd have to like go through individual things and weigh up whether it's yeah. worth um, like making a trade agreement and like sometimes they'll reject things and you wouldn't know whether it would work out or not. It was always a bit of... Um, yeah, you're always a bit unsure. Whereas this game, you can just make deals really, really quickly. It's like, will they accept? Yeah, these people accept this deal. These people accept trade deals. These people will be your allies. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's just a mechanic I need to get used to. But I was like, oh yeah, let's let's do, let's do loads of diplomacy with everyone. I think I might have gotten a bit gung ho. Uh, so I well, mean, gung, it's a... gung ho with diplomacy. Basically, well... yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there like ever a difficulty setting on this game? Or yeah, yeah. There's 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 always are? difficulty settings on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you could. Turn I, it I, I tend. I, well, this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. Turn the, it the issue with Total War games and making it more difficult is that it's not actually more difficult. It's just that the AI normally cheats. Uh, so they'll have like loads more resource and their units will just be like tons stronger so i'm a bit like it's not really not really actually more difficult it's just that you've got extra powers more stuff yeah exactly okay, so it's not like they out strategize you no like, which is a shame to be honest yeah oh uh, okay that's a shame yeah i would have thought it would have been more about the difficulty of strategy yeah pre-planning and ambush and stuff like that i mean obviously because they're that much more difficult you do have to think a bit more on your toes but it's not it's not really yeah i'm not really like enamored by turning the difficulty up because i, I found it in the total war games as well um sorry not total war the warhammer games as soon as i turned the difficulty up like all my opponents had like tons more units than i did <laughs> and i was like i can't even afford the ones that i've got at the minute so it's just like this <laughs> This is blatantly cheating. And then, yeah, cheating. from the... Yeah, then from the other Total War channels that I look at and watch and stuff, they were like, yeah, so 
the way Total War makes things more difficult is that the AI just cheats. They just get loads more giants. Yeah, loads Come more in. giants, in, loads guys. more money. They can build quicker. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. So yeah, I play it on like the standard difficulty, which, you know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much in favour of just play things on normal. Yeah. It's not the easy difficulty. It's just the standard. Normal. One. Yeah, yeah, like norm. Whatever the developers say is like normal. Yeah. That's, that's good enough for me for yeah. most things. Yeah. Puzzle games, I sometimes turn up. Do you? Yeah, I usually feel it out. And then if, it, mm. if there is a, I like to challenge myself. If it's like a real straight puzzle game. Yeah, <laughs> bring on that, bring on that cerebral difficulty. Yeah, maybe. But if it's in any way scary, then I might be tempted to switch down to easy. Mm. But I'm, I'm pushing myself to go for normal more often now. Oh, like, good. Whatever it's developed as, give me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to who would you recommend this game to? Uh, so. Anyone who's into the Total War franchise, um, I think it's one of the really, really, really good ones. It's, it's one of my favourite ones. Um, there's been, I think, a couple of the more modern ones, especially Britannia, haven't been received well. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the ones, apart from the Warhammer ones, that I think is actually incredible. Um, oh. Definitely, definitely give it a go. If it's your first Total War, maybe... Maybe actually, it's not as complex as as um, Warhammer because there's just so many different variety of units. This one's a bit more streamlined in that regard. Um, if you're into your, I guess Chinese history as well and like their kind of warfare, then yeah, go for it. It's just a great, great strategy game all around. To be honest, obviously not. I wouldn't say kids should be playing it because it's just a bit too, bit too Violet. complex. No, not not even that it's violent, because I don't think there's any blood or gore or anything like that, unless oh, okay. you download a, a bit of DLC for it. Um, but it's it's um, just, it's there's quite a lot to think about, obviously, like, how are you going to get your units around each other, flanking and things like that? It's not just a case of, I send my soldiers, you send yours. It's yeah. not that simple. You, so maybe like older between. kids who. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe, but not like not six-year-olds, basically. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Unless they're but one I, of these. I little, don't know uh... about things being called total war being given to six-year-olds anyway. <laughs> this is like this is kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, you say this. Do you remember when we were younger and watching films? Yeah, we used to watch really bad films when we were young. Uh, exactly. So I'm sure. And then I got in it. trouble at school for writing really violent stories. So. <laughs> <laughs> and look at you now you're a professional writer and actress so you know oh well yeah i mean it kind of worked out in the end exactly <laughs> all right before we get too sidetracked okay is there any other thing about this game any honorable mention any other detail that you think you need to highlight before we move um, on to a rating no no i mean i've said it in the positives it is the i think the main unique things are like the style of it uh the presentation graphics are beautiful and that dual uh aspect of the game which is just yeah quite cinematic and quite enjoyable to watch if you just I love it. Yeah, yeah wanted a bit of diversity in your battles. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, that's it. Okay. Bum, 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 bum. I don't know why I made that noise. I wanted like a drum roll and realized I couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what is your rating? Nine out of ten, definitely. Nine out of ten! Mm. Wow. Like even just looking at the I, I had like a Google search up. Um I haven't even mentioned who it's like by or anything like that. Yeah, I was gonna say, Sorry. did you tell us what you played this on? <laughs> yeah, uh, developed by Creative Assembly and published by Sega. It's the 12th mainline entry in the Total War series. There you go. The game was released for Microsoft Windows on May the 23rd, 2019. I am playing it on Mac. So it's available on uh, Windows, Mac and Linux. Um, one of the few games on Mac that plays very, very well, actually. Actually, no, that's a lie. Oh my God. No, it does crash occasionally. Okay, sorry, I beg your pardon. But yes, <laughs> anyway, going back to the rating, nine out of 10, even looking at the images on Google, I just want to play it again. You're like, getting a bit, oh, are you getting honestly, excited? Honestly, go on Google and just search, yeah, Total War Three Kingdoms, because it, look at it, it's just so pretty. Total War Three Kingdoms. I mean, this is not 
the most riveting podcast content. No, it I'm is. I'm gonna have a look. It, just I'm looking. Imagine that you're looking at it right now. Look, I'm wow, at it. big battles, lots of people, yeah, it looks, castles it looks broken. Fine. I mean, it looks oh, look. fine. No, it like, looks great. It's, it's fine. What do you mean fine? <laughs> My I God. Mean, sure. Are you I mean, not I'm... like it blown away by how good like this stuff? It almost looks like a bit of a like. Yeah, it looks could fine. Be, could be it's like nice. a film. It's all right. It's not my not my kind of game though, is it? So I'm like, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's green. Fucking boring, aren't you? <laughs> it's green. There's nice hit me. trees. <laughs> oh. The uniforms look kind of cool. Oh, I, I love it. Like looking at fortresses with the crumbled walls. Yeah, I can see General Dave over the, there. Uh, General, General Dave. Dave, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> Well, thank really... you, Erin. Uh, right. is, is this making your top three? Is this making your top three Warhammer games that you've ever played? Warhammer games? It's not a Warhammer game. Not Total Warhammer. War Sorry, game. Total War. I'd need to is actually think about that in a bit more detail okay. because they are some amazing, incredible games. We I think will that come back is... to that yeah, in yeah, yeah. a special bonus episode. Oh, I can't wait for that. For all the Total War nerds out there. All right, let's move on. Thank you, Erin. That's Yay. all right. Now we have to talk about your game. So what was it? Halo Combat Evolved or something? What? What? Halo Infinite. Oh, okay. Halo Infinite. Sorry. There's been about 700 Infinite. Halo games, haven't there? Not true. I mean, I can't no. say that considering there were like 12, 13 Total War games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, this is the sixth uh, main installment of the Halo okay. Quite a lot, yeah. though. I mean, I've only ever played the first one. So yeah, yeah. tell us about it in a nutshell. In a nutshell, um, and what kind of nut am I picking for this? A shiny nut. Shiny a, nut. And a, a brass nut. A brass nut, okay. Like, as in, like, a nut that you screw things with. There we go. Ah. Um, because you play as Master Chief, and he's pretty mechanical looking. Um, but anyway, in a nutshell... <laughs> Uh, I have notes and I can't find my notes. There we go. In a nutshell, right, Halo Infinite is a first-person shooter game. It's developed by 343 Industries and published by Xbox Game Studios. As I said, it's number six in the main Halo uh, series. Um, and this came out in December 2021. So mm -hmm. 8th of December was when the full game dropped. There was a little kind of pre-release yeah. some online um, stuff for the game, which I am not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about any of the multiplayer stuff. I'm only going to talk about the campaign because that's all I've played at this point. I was going to say, assuming you the... haven't done the multiplayer then. No, it's not It's not my bag, but I think I might have a look into it. And also mm. I'm interested in playing the co-op when that finally gets released in like May 2022. So okay. I think they're saying May this year, the co-op version gets released. Um, yeah. Which is what a lot of people traditionally will have played Halo as, like as a co-op experience playing through the campaign. Mm. Um, this is the first Halo game that also has an open world element to it. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. So that's kind of new. Mm -hmm. um, and as ever, you play as uh, the Master Chief, who is the top Spartan. Um, and you basically have to defeat the banished who have taken over the Zeta Halo. Mm. Um, pretty, pretty standard Halo story. What's, what's a banished. Spartan for people who don't know what that is? If you don't know what a Spartan is, um, you've had your head under a rock for a very long time. Everyone, well, even if you've never played Halo. Yeah, but some people Master might Chief be thinking like, like, oh, like 300. Yeah, kind of though. Like it's a lot of the names in Halo are sort of based off of mythology and ancient history. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the Spartan uh, warriors, they're like basically the the big bad marine types, mm -hmm. even though there are, I think there are marines in the game as well. But like the Spartans are like big, big bad robot-y looking. <laughs> like super elite mega armored soldiers, basically. Yeah. Aren't they? Like very, very special force. kind of Mega thing. armored yeah. brute type soldiers um the the top the head of their game uh yeah so you play as like the big bad master chief he's not bad actually he's he's good 
but um badass and you're trying to figure out what sort of happens to you in between halo 5 and this game it's kind of okay where the story starts you you basically start the game floating in space and you get picked up by a pilot who is by his admission the only survivor of like the defeat of humans by the banished like the, the banished have won and you don't know what's happened because you've been oh. sort of unconscious and floating yeah. around in space. And part of the story is you sort of discovering what's happened to you in the last, I think it's about six months mm-hmm. in between Halo 5 and this one. Now, I didn't play Halo 5 or Halo 4. I haven't actually played Halo since Halo 1. Really? <laughs> so... I think that's, that's the only one I've played as well. So I'm yeah. quite, quite intrigued about um, all this stuff. Like you said, the banished, who are they? They're like the baddies. Let's just call it that. All the baddies in this game, pretty much, apart from uh, there's a kind of other force at work. Yeah. In fact, there's two other forces at work, but the main baddies you encounter are the banished. And they're non-human sort of, um, like, I don't don't know what the word is. And what is the word? Like humanoid shape, like as in they've got human-shaped-ish bodies like animal head kind of heads yeah but they're not really animals they're like alieny alieny apes and jackals and little weird dragony things mm. and like so it sounds like they're, they're a different type of enemy things. to what you had in the original halos because you had yeah, the covenant so. and i think something called the flood which was those weird little mutant alien things yeah so the covenant comes up in this game um there's like reference to what's gone before but in this you are mostly coming across the banished yeah um who are like a really fun group of enemies (laughs) i'll come to that in a bit i'll come to that in a bit (laughs) yes okay um so uh what were your expectations going into this game then jen um i was pretty like open to it because as i said i don't really have a emotional attachment to halo i know a lot of people do mm. um but the culture is quite pervasive like we're quite aware of halo references even if we've never played halo because yeah. it's just sort of it's like microsoft's big game isn't it yeah. it's you know even microsoft's um digital assistant was called cortana who is the ai who's master chief's ai throughout many of the games yeah and that was like Microsoft's equivalent of Siri was called yeah. Cortana because of how popular the game character was. Yeah. So it's just like stuff like that. You know stuff about Halo without realising you know stuff about Halo. Mm. But for me, it was like, it looked cool. It's the first Halo in a really, really long time. Yeah. So I think it's been like 15 years or something, if I made that up. No, but it's not been that long, has it? 10 years. I don't know. It's been a long time oh, since God. Halo 5. But as I said, like, I don't have an emotional attachment to those games. So I was just like open. It dropped on Game Pass. I've got an Xbox. Um, I was like, wicked, let's play it. And we've got an Xbox Series X. And obviously this is going to play beautifully on that. And it did. And you might as well play it because it drops on your Game Pass. It's already just there ready to download. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's the wonderful thing. I mean, I know... Both Tim and I talk a lot about Game Pass, but yeah. I think Xbox have done something really amazing with it where they've made it work really well now. It's really slick. And yeah. the fact that they're doing direct to Game Pass on launch day stuff means that for the price of your subscription, you get a bunch of games the day they drop. Yeah. So that's really good. And mm. for a massive game like Halo, yeah. coming back to Xbox, like it's a huge thing, especially for this current gen, this newer gen of consoles. Mm-hmm. You're like, you've just basically got the game already. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might as well play it. So that was my, my expectation was, well, I might as well play it. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah, if you don't have to pay anything extra, why not give it a go? I mean, yeah, it's a classic series, isn't it, really? exactly Hmm. exactly yeah um so let's move on so what does the game do good then uh what does the game game do good that's a really nice sentence so what's good about the game (laughs) oh my god all right sorry erin and i are both falling apart today well i've been running today what's your excuse lack of sleep 
that's not working like crazy since new year Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right fair enough uh, but um so this game like it's a first person shooter they've introduced this open world i think first and foremost you're like wow the 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 ring that you're on is Mm. amazing so the ring is like uh, for anyone who doesn't know halo the ring is like a kind of construction that basically forms a sort of stable ecosystem. And then there's like plants and trees and mountains and all kinds of things on there. So it's like being on a planet, basically. Just yeah. think of it like that. Um, and you, it's gorgeous. And one thing, again, that I think you, you might be aware of without realising you're aware of is the music of Halo. So it's gorgeous. Like you start up the menu and you're is it still the classic away, choir? Like, oh, it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. You know it, even yeah. though you don't know it. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's again. That's what I mean. It's such a. It's such a part of culture. This game series that mm. you know the music, even if you're not a massive fan. So obviously the music is great. The sound of the guns is mm. amazing. Like probably apart from Call of Duty like the best sounding guns in games. Thank you. Is, like, is that quite satisfying? Because yeah, I've I, never heard anyone really bring up the sound of guns in, in game context, really, that I've spoken to. So I bought some new headphones because yeah. I've been playing games with really quite amazing sound work and I wanted to like really hear it better. Mm. And I tested the headphones on Call of Duty and Halo guns. Yeah. In the shop. I was like, is the gun sound good? So yeah, I noticed that. Oh. I noticed the sound of guns. I really like it when weapons, projectiles, like sound good. Mm. It it is immersive. It adds to the immersion. But also when it's a kind of fantasy gun. Yeah. And this is a kind of sort of sci-fi. I mean, it's more of a fantasy, I'd say, than sci-fi, even though yeah. they're sort of mechanized warfare. You're very much in a sort of fantasy setting a bit. Um, and so the guns are like fantastical. There's like mm. light weapons, like hard light weapons and plasma weapons. And yeah, you've got your normal standard bullets in the kinetic weapons and stuff like that. But there's electric weapons. Like the weapons are cool. Yeah. And... I'm going to tack onto that in this game for the first time ever. You get a grapple hook, which basically turns you into Spider-Man. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like the sound is amazing. The music's amazing. And the weapons are really cool. They're a lot of fun. And the grapple hook is your best weapon. And you get that at the start. Mm. You get a grapple hook and you can upgrade it as the game goes on. Um, And that is really cool. And I think part of the reason I enjoyed the game so much was having the grapple hook. Mm. Yeah. just made the game a lot more fluid. Because I don't know about you, but I never play as a sort of hulky character. I never play as a kind of brute or a... like the You know when you play open worlds? You yeah. Get, sometimes you get a choice, especially with RPGs, you'll get the choice of character type. And I'm always going for a sort of stealthy, lean elf type <laughs> thing. I'm never never stealthy, but yeah, I'm, I would normally play as someone who's a bit more combat driven or, or magic... Yeah, I was going to say, you're more of a mage. You go to the mage sort of style of things. But I never go for the big hench guy. And the thing with Halo is that that's who you are. Like, that is just who you are. So it's it's interesting, like, being forced to be slow. (laughs) He's massive. He does not move fast. But having the grapple hook gives you a bit more fluidity in moving around the landscape and in combat and stuff. Yeah. Um, Because it also, like, you can use it to propel you and slingshot you around things and hang off stuff. But mm. also you can use it as a weapon where you just grapple into someone's face and like electrocute them, knock them over, stun them. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice, nice bit of um, added, yeah, nice added weapon there. Um, what I wanted to ask actually, being a bit of a fan of open world games, is how does the open world of like, how does it contribute to this game? Um, yeah, so what I'd say is it's still like a, a very linear campaign in terms of the story. But what the open world gives you is uh, a bit more freedom to wander around and have a bit of downtime in between all the shooting. It it gets full on. Mm. Um, And at the start of the game, there's just like banished everywhere. Yeah. And what's really interesting about this is when you clear out areas, they kind of stay empty. 
So you start the game with this really sort of populated world where there's just little camps of banished everywhere. They've got little tannoys where they've got, oh my God, I have to talk about the banished in a minute. A yeah, more. okay. They've no got worries. like communications towers and like basically <laughs> doing like morale boosts to the banished and going <laughs> on about how great the banished are and how rubbish the humans are. Oh yeah. And stuff like that. Like there's things like that that you can take out. There's... Um, I very very old items linked to past lore that you can discover and scan and then there's also things called Spartan cores which you use to upgrade your suit um, that will basically level you up and give you more strong things ah, so there's be a bit of be that better kind of shield, better um, grapple hook things like that uh, so there so, is a bit of that RPG element to it as well oh, a little nice. bit a little yeah. bit. It's like it's like baby steps into an open world. It's not too big. Mm. And um, you can basically also open up fast travel points by taking out fobs, um, yeah. which are like little mini em enemy bases. So you take them out and then you can take over that area and you can replenish your guns there and get uh, unlock vehicles that can just be available to drive from the different fobs. And that gets you around the map a bit more quickly. Mm -hmm. Um you can also drive vehicles around, but I'll talk about them when I talk about slightly less less good things about the game. <laughs> Fair but um, yeah, there's it's it's fun. Like, and there's a few bigger kind of enemy bases um, that are more interesting to take mm. over, and they are actually doing things. They're not like so. I was thinking about how Far Cry, um, a lot of the enemy encampments and bases are just all the same, aren't they? Yeah. Certainly in some of the, like, yeah, some of the Far Cries, like, they're just all the same. It's like, yeah. take over the base, climb to the top of a tower, make yeah. it yours. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some of these, the littler bases are a bit like that, but it's not always the same enemy types. So there is a bit of diversity in how you're going to approach stuff. Um, but some of the bigger ones, they've got different functions. So mm -hmm. the banished you discover are mining something on the ring. And so one of the places you can take over is like a big kind of mine. One of them is like an armory. One of them is like a vehicle place, I think. I can't even remember now. But yeah, there's slightly different functions to the places. And when you clear them out, they, they stay clear. Mm. So by the end of the game, as I said, like there's not really many enemies around. It's really interesting. Oh, okay. And yeah, it goes from being a busy ring to being a quiet ring, which... Yeah. I think it's quite nice because often when you clear games, clear enemies in an open world game, if you go away and come back again, they're just all basically back. Like, Hello, big boss. So yeah. like you just feel like you've never made progress in yeah. terms of clearing something of bad influence or yeah. bad force or whatever. But in this, it's just like yeah, they're gone. There might be an odd straggler here and there, but it's yeah, you empty them yeah. out. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Um. Cool. So, shall we move on to uh, negatives of the game? Oh, no, I want to say one more positive. Oh, go on then. One more positive. Um, I absolutely love The Banished. Okay. The, oh, yeah. My favourite, my favourite um, sort of rank. So, there's different sort of ranks. There's like elites, uh, which who are the really hard ones. They're like little mini bosses. Not yeah. mini bosses, but they're hard. Um, there's jackals who are kind of sniper types who you got to watch out for. There's brutes who do what they say on the tin. Um, and there's different levels of brutes. Like some will just chase after you and they're like battering rams and they'll yeah. just come out of nowhere and take you out. And then my absolute favorite are the grunts who are like the little, that's <laughs> so funny. For some reason, they've all got these funny little cartoony New York accents and they're like, <laughs> just, you shoot, like you shoot them. They're like, my shield is down <laughs> <laughs> they just, they've got funny little voices and they're always like if one of them gets you they're like haha no one should doubt the, no one should doubt the grunts oh no we've got to go he's found us ah! like they're just so funny and the dialogue whoever wrote the dialogue for them is a genius because yeah. they're hilarious yeah and occasionally as i said you'll come across these little towers which is um you'll hear a, a a grunt comms officer, which is basically like a little grunt saying, the banished are in charge. Humans are bad. They smell. Like, like basically just <laughs> slagging off humans. Like, it's just so funny. I just love, I love them so much and I loved beating them up. And it's like, you'd like hit them with your grapple, electrocute mm. them and they'd be like, oh no, my shield is down. Oh, I've been electrocuted. Ah! 
I feel like that's something so carried funny. on from from the first one because they had. I'm sure it was the Covenant had their own little grunts as well, and they were grunts similar are kind just of thing. The cutest. They were quite yeah. You kill them, but they were, <laughs> had really sweet little voices. Yeah, and then and then you hear the brutes saying things like "stupid grunts, waste of air," <laughs> <laughs> and they basically all just squabble with each other. Yeah. And what one thing I really enjoyed with this game is when you die, you get to hear what they say about you. Oh, really? And sometimes they're like, "We told you that the grunts were great." They're like, "I'll be like, he didn't see that coming." <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> so you kind of don't mind dying sometimes. It's, yeah. It's really fun, and then. You know, your big bad enemy, um, you're fighting against kind of top, top banished guys. Uh, and, you know, they're really good. And I think the main the main enemy that you're kind of facing off for the whole thing, mm-hmm. his voice acting is amazing. He looks like a kind of giant space gorilla. Yeah. Like that's a sort of facial vibe. It's like an, an ape. But the voice acting is like incredible. And every time you get a little video message from him, like threatening you and stuff, he's really good and manages to be really emotional yeah. as well as threatening and mean and yeah, very antagonistic. Yeah. So I really, I really like the enemies. I think yeah. that for the most part, they're really good and, and yeah, you get the same types, mm. but they're all different levels and you sort of have to approach them in slightly different ways. Mm. Um it sounds like they've got a good balance. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like they've got a good balance of making the game uh, entertaining in that way without making it too silly. It is kind of silly, but not I, like. I, do you know what I mean? Where where something just gets a bit like, oh yeah, like yeah, there's, there's it... that dynamic, really really hard guys, and then these little cute guys kind of thing. There's there's They're like all... you said, there's different yeah. levels. It's not yeah, just one hundred percent like. Basically, all the enemies are sort of a bit camp, like yeah. in terms of they're they're slightly theatrical. Yeah. But I think that's fine because I think the game is a bit camp. Like I think that there's something really theatric about Halo, mm-hmm. and this brings me into the slightly negative things, right? So, okay. What is what sort of doesn't work for me is a bit of the story and how serious the story takes itself. Yeah. Because of this sort of camp theatrical joyful fun way of defeating and confronting Mm. baddies which is really brilliant and like the guns are ridiculous like some of them are just so like it's one of them's got like a homing missile type thing on it and like you can blast things with light from like a sniper rifle Mm -hmm. but it's like a sentinel beam you know like there's the the weapons are so fun the enemies are so fun the world is quite interesting and vibrant Mm -hmm. Um, but the story is quite like somber and straight. Really? So yeah. I feel like. Well, I guess if, if the hu- human race has been defeated, it's not going to be like, oh, happy yeah. sunshine and rainbows. But then your AI that you get, so you get a new AI in this game. Not Cortana. No. Ah. Um, no, because Cortana, like, spoilers for Halo 4, but Cortana dies. And spoilers for Halo 5, Cortana's the baddie. So <laughs> it's just like. So. Yeah, I'm not going to go into any spoilers for this game, but you have a new AI and that AI happens to be very chipper and perky and kind yeah. of gives you some sort of almost comic one-liners. And But Master Chief is like so serious all the time. <laughs> He's just so serious. But again, great voice acting, loads of gravitas. Yeah. But the story, I think, just takes itself a bit too seriously. Mm-hmm. Which sort of sometimes jars or sometimes you're like all right i get it can we move mm. on like i i liked the main baddie um isherim that you're kind of up against he's really good and sort of the stuff with him is really good and how that feeds into sort of what happened previously is yeah. really good but the way that the emotional strand of the story and of master chief's sort of background gets yeah. kind of played out again and again and you almost like hear a little violin string of like how it's meant to make you feel i just feel like it doesn't quite work yeah so yeah there was things about that that didn't work for me also i love um isherim i think i've pronounced that right isherim the the, the kind of main baddie but there's a sort of secondary force and again i'm not going to give spoilers mm. um which recalls some of the sort of older enemy types 
that sort of also becomes the main baddie and that just added a, la a layer and an extra boss at the end where you were like, but I've defeated the baddie I was against the whole game. Yeah. And then I feel like this is just secondary and they've chucked in this sort of extra character. Just feels like content for the sake of content then? It feels like they've tried to make the story relate back to the bigger lore. Yeah. When actually, I just want to fight one big baddie. And I felt like Isharam was like a really good baddie. And I really liked that he didn't have a straightforward storyline. Like he also had a sympathetic thing that you that is revealed so like oh, okay. you, at some point you're like i kind of get this character and i kind of get why he needs master chief yeah to still be in the game because he's a warrior and he needs to fight and master chief's a warrior and he needs to fight and so it's like a really interesting dynamic that they introduce but then they like add another layer and i just didn't think it needed that and then at the end of the game like the oh my god the bot the last the second to last boss fight mm. was so goddamn tedious and i kept getting cramp in my thumb it was like oh, oh no. and like the, there was a crazy difficulty spike yeah and it was just like ah and then you do that and then you're like oh what i've got to do another boss <laughs> so like yeah oh, God. without you think you've done the end and yeah. the end and it's suitably hard enough and then they just tack another ending on because of this other layer yeah. so again i'm being a bit vague so i don't want to spoil the story this is still quite a new game yeah um but yeah this is a big downer for me because i think the game could have been really good if it was just a bit slicker yeah yeah oh, fair enough fair so enough. that's my that's my sort of big negative mm. I think you, you also mentioned in regards to negative, you were going to say about the vehicles or something, which are... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They're impossible. They've always really? been impossible to drive. Just sort it out, Halo. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, you get vehicles in so many games now. Like, just sort it out. It doesn't, that... need to be, it doesn't need to be driving, like, in, in right angles. Like, so I'm talking about the cars specifically. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember them being too bad, actually. Oh, they're just like, they don't person. turn properly. They fall over cliffs. Just sort well, it out. Yeah, I mean, cars like, go over cliffs and that, that's how, that's how yeah, gravity but they works, just, Jim. They just flip. I don't know if it's meant to be something to do with the lack of gravity on the Zeta Halo yeah. or what, but like the cars are just annoying to drive. I didn't enjoy mm. driving. The tank was fine. The kind of enemy crafts, the little hovercrafty things, they were fine. But like I used to your... love those ones. I think they're called banshees, the ones that fly around. They were great fun. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they're really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're fun. Basically, anything that flew was fun because you could steer it properly. Yeah. But the like, actual Jeep type thing, I've even forgotten what they're called. My brain isn't working today. But like the main vehicles that you get, that yeah. you can stick your, you can get your Marines on the back. Yeah. And they'll like fire the guns for you and stuff. That's, that's really cool because you, oh yeah, in the open world, you can release, um, there'll be a bunch of, your friendly troops are yeah. like being kept captive by the banished. If you release them, they'll like join you and help you do little missions and stuff. Okay, and deal cool. with skirmishes. On I was going to ask world. as well, actually, if if you if there is any remnants of humans left. But yeah, that kind of answers. Yeah, the there question. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And they do. They come and help you with the open world skirmishes, but mm. they're not obviously available in the main missions. Um, which is why I think it will be interesting to play this in co-op when it finally when the co-op mm. campaign actually drops. Because then you just get to do the whole thing with a mate, which I think would make it even more fun, to be honest. Do you know? Do you know if it's going to be the same campaign, or is there any uh, difference to it? I don't know, but I think that the world was a little bit too empty, which makes me think that there's stuff that hasn't been dropped in yet. Uh, okay. Like there were huge patches of the of the ring that were just sort of empty. Like mm. you'd climb, you know, like in Zelda Breath of the Wild, where you yeah. climb to the top of a hill. And you get like an amazing view, but also you might get a Korok or yeah. there might be something up there. Yeah. In this, you like climb to a peak and you're like, oh, there's got to be something up here. It's taking me forever to get up with my grappling hook. And there's just nothing. Yeah. Oh, maybe. So maybe yeah, like, they have intentionally just... left a bit of space there. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> but, but let's see, because the game is like, it's, it's finished enough for a campaign, but mm -hmm. it's... Yeah, I feel like there's space for them to add DLC and stuff within the map that mm -hmm. they've already got. So let's let's just see, I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Brilliant. Um, anything else to mention, or are we going to move on to our anything of note? Uh, I think I'm 
good. Like, all I say is definitely give this a go if you like a, a shooter. It is fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's the my main takeaway. It is fun. Yeah. Um. So, in terms of recommending this, I'd recommend it to anyone who loves first-person shooters, and especially if you're into some fantastical weapons, because yeah. I did find the guns and the fact that the game forces you, because you always run out of ammo... It's not a game that has like limitless ammo. Mm. So you constantly have to drop good guns and then pick the least bad gun that's been dropped by an enemy to pick up. Like, so you're constantly going, ah, damn it, I've got this this really good gun that's run out of ammo. There's no ammo. Let me pick up a really shit gun and see what I can yeah. do with it. And then you'll kill another enemy and you'll, you'll be like, amazing, I've got a rocket launcher. Woohoo, but it's only got four rockets in it. Yeah. Damn, I've got to switch back to a crap gun. And I think that forces you to just play more freely. Mm-hmm. And I really, I enjoyed it. Like it's frustrating sometimes, but it's because I'm used to RPGs where I get a weapon and gradually upgrade it. And that's mine forever. But this yeah, is just Except like, for Breath of the Wild, obviously. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But this is even like the weapons run out of ammo even quicker than Breath of the Wild weapons break. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that, just, that makes more sense, doesn't it? You run out constant. of ammo rather than I hit yeah. something with a sword. Oh, my sword is broken. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I would recommend it to anyone who likes this kind of games. And um, I think the campaign is a good enough story. It's not like mind blowing, but it's good enough. And I think the voice acting is really good. Yeah. And um, I really love the world. I think it's really beautiful. Maybe a bit samey, but it's not a very long campaign. So it probably would, it would take you less than 20 hours, like probably... If you're very fast and don't take ages exploring, you'd probably do it in about 12 hours. Oh, really? Okay, so it's not a yeah. massive, massive game then. Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So that, that brings us to our rating. Is that right? Or have I missed anything? Yeah, I, I, I'm i struggling with this because on the one hand, I've really enjoyed myself. Yeah. On the other hand, I can see the pitfalls like overcomplicating overcompli- your main antagonist storyline. Yeah, and just the world maybe needing a bit more stuff in it for it to really feel like an open world. Um, but I think it's such good quality. Oh, and there was no bug. I didn't have a single bug. Not one. Really? Yeah, which is like that's amazing. Kind of amazing, isn't yeah. it? For a brand new game. Um, being made, being finished during a pandemic as well, which I think is definitely something to admire. Mm. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Oh, brilliant. I mean, yeah, it sounds I like so. it is a really, really good game. I had a lot yeah. of fun with it. And as I say, I'm really intrigued to go back and do the co-op. I mean, that, that's the main thing, isn't it? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think so. And it... As polished as you want, but if you don't enjoy it, then it's not worth it. It's yeah, that's it. A shipply presented game that you just can't put down. Exactly. And I think that, yeah, it's definitely good, but not great, but mm. definitely good enough that it's worthy of a recommendation and worthy to have had those kind of game of the year nominations and stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I had Brilliant. fun. Yay! Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I hope to, oh, I'd love to play it at some point. Unfortunately, you don't have an Xbox. Wow. Well, Maybe one day when I win the lottery, I can have all the gaming consoles and PCs that my heart I know. Well, you can't even get a new uh, an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5 at the moment. So I know. Well, it's sort of I'll a wait, weird time, uh, yeah. isn't it? I'll wait. I'll wait until, um, yeah, they come back in stock and I've got a bit of money to spend. And then I'll definitely go into getting a PlayStation 5. I I'm really actually really keen on PC getting one. As well, actually. Sorry? I'd love to get a gaming PC. Yeah, same. I think I've definitely, like, as listeners will know, like, we've just played so many more video games, haven't we, since the start of the pandemic. And I think that I've definitely slowly started upgrading, like, my headphones, for example, like, my sort of setup when I play games is getting better and better. Yeah. It's like, I kind of want to go the full hog, but give me two grand and I'll get the, I'll get the game. Nice. I'm actually. I need to take you up on um, getting some headphones as well. Actually, I need to get some uh, good gaming ones because I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I'll drop you some recommendations. In yeah. fact, listeners, if you've got any recommendations, drop yeah, them yeah, our definitely. way. Yeah, definitely. But I feel um, like that's part of the experience that I'm missing at the minute uh, playing my PlayStation because it's just coming out of TV speakers, which are yeah, amazing. they're the worst. 
Yeah. TV speakers are the worst. I mean, at least if you've got a good sound bar and subwoofer, you're all right. But um, if it's just a TV speaker, it's just, mm. you're losing all that beautiful sound design. And also when you get like, by, I always say this wrong, binaural sound. Yeah. Yeah, when when like you can hear footsteps behind you and like yeah. someone someone starting a laser gun. That's what I mean about the guns in this game. Like you can hear the laser gun firing up like before it shoots. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, and if you can hear it behind you, you're like, damn, there's someone behind me. Oh, it's a jackal. Boom. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I love that when you've got headphones on. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually playing Alan Wake at the moment, which I'll talk about in a future episode. But... Um, that is very good with headphones because it's scary. I really, oh, <laughs> I look forward to hearing about that one. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end yeah, of the does. episode. We've, <clears throat> we've had a good old chat. Yeah, we definitely have. It's good to catch up and good start to the new year. Yes. Um. So we hope you've enjoyed our informal chit chat about these two games. Uh, if you've got recommendations for us, uh, particularly for me, if there's things on Game Pass and you're like, Gem, you haven't reviewed this yet um do let us know tim and i both have that and there's a lot of smaller indie games that we're keen to try but it's just sifting mm. through which ones you take on and which ones you give a pass so if you've got recommendations hit us up otherwise we hope you've enjoyed the episode and as ever if you feel the kindness and love in your heart please consider giving us a five star review on your podcast app of choice. It really helps with the algorithms, makes a big difference to us as independent podcasters. And as you know, we do this not because we're games journalists, but because we absolutely love games and mm -hmm. we want to share that love with you and recommend not just the things that are out right now, but things that you can go back and play um, from the, the vast back catalogue of <laughs> games that there are in the world now. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we hope you enjoy the love that we're bringing to you from our own little um, fondness and passion for games. And, yeah, please share this podcast with uh, people that you know that also love games. And we do, as ever, mix it up uh, with board games quite a lot as well. Ooh. So if there's board do games you want to recommend, game. I've got please. a few new ones, actually. So, yeah, we'll have to get together at some point and uh, play some. Hell to the hell yeah. Um, but yes, thank you very much. And thank you. all that's left to say is Bye. Goodbye! <laughs> Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.